0: Best Financial Partner,
1: this is Business 1440,
0: KYCR, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group.
2: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Republicans... including Ben Sass of Nebraska, are criticizing a trend among many of the Democratic presidential candidates gathering in South Carolina for today's candidate forum, the one sponsored by Planned Parenthood. Because the position of every senator currently running for the Democratic nomination, and at least one governor, is that a living, breathing baby who survives an abortion procedure can still be
3: left to die after birth.
2: Sass noting all seven U.S. senators in the race, and also gathered in Columbia, South Carolina, today for that forum, voted against the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act earlier this year. A deadly road accident in the Northeast. State police in New Hampshire confirming that seven people have died in a collision between a truck and several motorcycles. It happened last, li- last night and took place on a rural two-lane highway in Randolph, New Hampshire. This is SRN News.
4: They will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at ReliefFactor.com. I've been using it for years now. ReliefFactor.com.
0: Are you a member of our rewards program?
4: Yeah. I had the card
0: here somewhere. We've all been there, rustling around for that rewards card you can't seem to find. At Business 1440, we simplify the process. All of the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Business VIP Fan Club, where you'll get early access to tickets for our events, exclusive content, prizes, and more. Sign up at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com.
4: There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few. The proud. The Marines.
5: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station
3: or its management.
0: Wall Street Business Network is on the air. It's the King Banyan Show. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you.
6: Just say what you got, man.
0: It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's
7: King Banyan. Good morning and welcome, King Daniel Show. This is fourteen forty, broadcasting uh, on uh, the day after the summer solstice, live with you. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Number to call if you wish to uh, show us your uh, solstice dance or or song or what have you. Good, to, good to be here. I like. I like the little saxophone doing the the happy summer music. That's great. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. There's things to talk about, but uh, I have to say the beginning of this summer has become um, interesting in the political sphere. There's all kinds of politics to talk about. It's what you go to hear my friend Mitch Berg talk about at one o'clock this afternoon over on uh, our sister station AM twelve A. The Patriot, uh, but here on Business fourteen forty which you're listening to right now, um, we do economics, we do finance, we do business. We don't do much in terms of politics. We talk about policy, but electoral stuff? No, that's that's somebody else's thing. So debates being uh, b- debates happening next week among, uh, gosh, t- 24 candidates running for one nomination. Yeah. You know what? I'll be very blunt with you. I'm not going to watch a minute of it. I just simply do not care nor do I seem to have the time. Does this happen to you listeners? Um, you know, I work here at at uh, St. Cloud State University uh as an administrator, uh dean of the school of public affairs. Uh administrators have a contract. Um or actually, yeah, it's a contract. It's a plan that we have and we get we get um uh, vacation days. And like many of you uh, in the private sector who work for some place that has vacation days, you will have this you will have this uh, uh, thing placed in your contract that says you have to use some of them each year or else they're either taken away or converted into a health savings account or what have you they, 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 but they don't let you have too many days on there well. I've always kind of wondered about this because, uh, as I was talking with Andrew pre-show, um, you know, if you're in a position where you're the kind of person that gets a lot of the university's work done or that your place of business's work done, um, it might not be in their best interest to have you taking, um, you know, requiring you to take those days, but we're coming up on the end of the fiscal year and I've got to burn some days off. So, yesterday, you know a few weeks ago um our our hr department says you know you've got to use this you got to use these days or you're gonna you're, they're not going to be available to you uh, after such and such a date after the end of the fiscal year and i said well shoot okay so sh- so um if i was going to take thursday and friday off and then someone calls and says well we're do we got some uh, prospective students coming across around campus we wanted to show them a little bit of the community and we thought maybe you could sh- you could talk about what you know about the places i've lived here in st cloud for now 35 years and i said sure happy to do it give back half of one of my vacation days i might lose that but it was like i love talking about the history of this area i'm actually um, um still on the uh Still not off the launching pad, but uh, working on a... Uh, got the outline for a book about the economic history of central Minnesota that I have threatened to write for the last three years and have put note cards together and so forth. So I I love doing that stuff. I probably should have just said, yeah, I'll call it a vacation because for me that is a vacation for my real job. I'll go play tour guide. So I guided 50 students and their parents and maybe a couple siblings uh, in a bus around town for an hour. In the morning, came in, did a little extra work and then left at lunchtime. Comes out comes uh tomorrow morning. I've arranged I've arranged to play golf with uh, a couple friends, one of whom had taken the day off to drive up here from uh, from uh North Metro uh Minneapolis to uh North North Metro Minneapolis drove over to St. Cloud to come play at uh, play at uh, my course. And so, as I'm getting ready to head to the course, I get back-to-back email messages that need to be answered that day. So it's too late for me to turn the time back. I, mean, I guess I could do it retroactively, but I play the golf round, uh, maybe a little distracted, didn't play as well as I would have liked to have. And um, although I guess that's true every round, and hurry back to the hurry back to the house. Um, work, work, work on one of the things that i can do from the house i at least didn't go into the office uh work 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 on that one send an email telling the other one i'm gonna get to you on monday because they've already gotten my out of office message so yep I, I i i'm on it i'll get back to you on monday uh so to make a long story short it reminded me of one of my favorite one of my favorite stories and then gets me to talk a little bit of economics and policy that Maybe you would be interested in this. Is just a few minutes before we get to do the economic news of the week, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven number to call if you have if you have a a I was made to take vacation time story or or some yeah. reaction to the stories that are coming up. First of all, quick story: I went to see a baseball game this week. I hadn't been down to Target Field for about a year and a half. The Red Sox were in town. My I had some folks from church that wanted to go, so we went down and saw. The game on Monday, exciting, wonderful game, two nothing game that uh, was won won by uh, the visiting team by the Red Sox. Um, not the seventeen inning game that happened the next the next night. Um, I I was reflecting uh, talking about this, and I think I told them this story too because they because they had not heard of the pitcher that was pitching for the Red Sox. Jose Berrios was pitching for the Twins. Everyone everyone who's a casual Twins fans knows he's. He's probably their ace. He's certainly he's certainly the best young pitcher that the team has had for a few years. Um, and I identified the, 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 the pitcher and I said, yeah, he's maybe our fourth, maybe our fifth starter. And then that got me to tell the story about Earl Weaver. Now, for those of you that are not baseball fans, the, all right, this will just take. This is just sixty seconds. Earl Weaver was a manager for the Baltimore Orioles back in the seventies and eighties. It was about that time when teams that had pitchers would have starters and they started to move from having pitching staffs that had three or three arms to four arms and then from four arms, four pitchers who would be starters who would rotate through a cycle um, to five pitchers. And the reasoning for that was they were beginning to realize that pitching causes a lot of stress on arms, arms wear out, and they started to think maybe the solution to this was to give pitchers more rest between the times that they threw and so they would they went to fourth fifth okay except for earl weaver earl weaver stuck stubbornly people would say to not having a fifth starter when weaver was asked why he wasn't following the trend of the other teams his answer was well that just means that every fifth day i'm giving my pit my, my giving the baseball at the beginning of the game to the fifth best pitcher i have on my team why would i do that okay i'm admitting on that day, I am less likely to win than other days. And he says, "Hey, you can do things, tough up their arms, you know, be be a little." He he had good bullpens and so forth, but but he argued not to do that. And so I've always thought maybe what you should do, and this is something that this was the thing Andrew and I was were talking about, is maybe what you should do is the person who's the most productive. Maybe you tell them you can save your vacation days. Maybe we would prefer you not to use those. Maybe we could buy them back from you. I'd sell them in a heartbeat. Actually, I have the option to convert some of my vacation days into my, into my retirement fund. I take advantage of that every year. But they require me to burn some days in return for having the ability to do that. I've never understood that. Now the, now the policy lesson. I have followed with interest for years this, this discussion about paid parental leave. Right. Paid parental leave is, is the policy that says that that if you have a child, you get you get leave equal to a certain equal to a certain number of weeks, and you'd be paid for that. That's great if you're a, if you're in your twenties or thirties and you are are looking to create a family, regardless if you're a man or a woman. Paid parental leave is an awesome deal. If you were negotiating your contract from scratch with your employer, you could certainly negotiate for paid parental leave. But negotiations, being what they are, are costly. Many of us don't get to negotiate those things. And in the process of a negotiation, if you tell if you tell the employer what 's really important to me is having paid parental leave. The employer would say okay well let 's do that we 'll give you paid parental leave, but in return for that, I need this maybe it 's going to be um, fewer fewer uh, vacation days maybe it's going to be maybe it 's going to be slightly lower wages maybe it 's going to be a slightly less generous health care plan or something." But when you negotiate your contract, you negotiate over a broad range of items of which paid parental leave can be won. And many people, in fact, do that. So when, when government comes in and says everybody must have paid parental leave, what you have done is ruined the investment that all these people made when they negotiated for paid parental leave and traded something else off for it in the negotiation, you've actually damaged the people that, that receive paid parental leave by voluntary means. That destroying that is, it's a bad deal. I wish I could negotiate with my employer, with the state, with, with the state university system. I'll tell you what, I would be happy if to have you give me fewer weeks off in terms of personal time, and in return for that, perhaps you perhaps you would give a little bit more to my retirement plan directly, not the, not, not the we have an arrangement, but it' it's, it's really messed up. Just directly put an extra one percent of my pay into that in return for that, you don't have to give me vacation days. I could negotiate that for myself, right? I don't get the ability to do that. Okay? Um, That would be great. This is the argument with paid parental leave. Why can't people negotiate that for themselves? Isn't that what a free society is about? We'll be back after this. King Banyan Show, Business 1440.
1: This is a special alert for Americans who owe more than $10,000 in back taxes. Get ready for a toll-free hotline number. Call and get free information on how to take advantage of new initiatives that could significantly reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. Call Stop IRS Debt today at 800-893-8907. Learn how you can stop collection calls, IRS letters, bank levies, and wage garnishments, all by using a proven A-plus BBB rated tax system that negotiates with the IRS for you. If you have a and filed returns in years or you're already in a payment plan you can still get tax relief the government is ready to work out a generous program that can resolve your tax debt quickly be warned this situation won't last forever and your tax debt will only get worse if you don't act now do not try to handle it yourself call stop irs debt now for free information 800-893-8907 that's 800-893-8907 800-893-8907
6: This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. I'm sure I'm not alone in knowing several families that are prosperous, hardworking, and deeply religious, and yet lose children to the world of drugs out of wedlock birth, welfare dependence, and hopelessness. It's also increasingly common to see solidly middle-class couples who... After 20 or 30 years of seemingly successful marriage suddenly break up, causing pain to themselves, their children, and even their grandchildren. In spite of a booming economy and increased opportunity, so-called deaths of despair through suicide, alcoholism, or drug overdoses have reached unprecedented levels. This explains the seeming disconnect between our prevailing prosperity and the big majorities who believe America is on the wrong track for our future. The essential problem involves the collapse of family life, and with neither liberals nor conservatives addressing the issue in meaningful ways our politics seems to offer only a sideshow rather than a solution i'm michael midday
0: publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu
8: does your office need a little tlc do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky and isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago if so i've got the solution Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number 4 E V R cleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned.
7: Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. 651-289-4477. Number to call, questions, comments, etc. Beautiful summer day. Happy summer solstice uh, to you all. Um, Maybe some rain in the forecast tonight. Well, probably the biggest biggest news of the uh, week was uh, the FOMC meeting not for what they did but for what they said they didn't do anything they didn't change interest rates but what they did was um change the statement that was made about uh about interest rates and that change was to remove the word patient okay um i'm gonna have to go i forgot to pull up this particular tweet so i'm going to have to go backwards uh, to find, to find, uh, the, uh, piece, <laughs> excuse me. Um, the, uh, there's the dot plot. There we go. Found it. Um, here's the, here's what they did to the, to the statement. I'm going to, I'm going to restate this for you in this way. So in the, so they ma- made changes, um, They made changes to their statement about the growth of the economy, first of all. Rather than saying it's rising at a solid rate, it's rising at a moderate rate. So they changed solid to moderate. Um, uh, They noted that uh, business fixed investment indicators of business fixed investment have been soft. Um, Market based measures of inflation compensation have declined. Okay, meaning that If you look at the spread between indexed and non-indexed bonds of uh, Treasury bonds of the same maturity, those numbers have backed off toward one and a half percent from two percent late last year. So, so in their estimation, growth is slowing, inflation is slowing, business investment is slowing. They put that all into the statement, and so they decided to leave interest rates where they are, um, noting that uh, that while they've had um, that they noted uh, uncertainties for the outlook of uh, sustained economic activity, strong labor market conditions, and inflation near two percent. Uh, having those uncertainties have increased, then this is the key sentence. In light of these uncertainties and muted inflation pressures, the committee will closely monitor the implications of incoming information for the economic outlook and will act as appropriate to sustain the expansion with a strong labor market and inflation near its symmetric 2% objective. After the statement was published... If you go look at the fed funds futures market, okay, the traded on the Chicago Board of Exchange, the probability implied in that number of a rate cut at the next meeting at the end of July shot to 100%. It had been trading at 60 or 70% pre-meeting. I had argued that, yeah, they might cut rates, but I didn't think 70% was was uh, was warranted. I thought that was too high. Now everyone expects a 25% basis rate cut. Encouraged at that end um, was the fact that uh, at this FOMC meeting, there was a dissent. Uh, voting against the action taken by FOMC was was president james bullard who preferred at this meeting to lower the target range for the fed funds rate by 25 basis points they state exactly who votes for and against the fomc statement and unlike in the past uh this actually dates back to bernanke um fomc statements when there's a dissenting vote the dissenter gets to say what they would have preferred so it's a very clear signal that there was one voter that was out there that wanted to do so. Shortly after that, state, after that statement, um, Jim Bullard took to uh, the pages of the uh, St. Louis Fed. I, I tweeted this to you at pound KBRS in the last hour and, and indicated why he dissented. Okay, so the St. Louis Federal Reserve, and this is this started before before President Bullard uh, started as its president, but he was on the research staff there for a long time, so I know he's had a hand. and And because he's a Saint Cloud State grad, and he's ser- uh, just in full disclosure, he dis- he serves on our School of Public Affairs Advisory Board. He is he is somebody that I that I know and talk to two three times a year, probably. Um. Seldom about monetary policy. By the way, um, I try to let him keep his own counsel. I'm not calling him to say, "Hey, you shouldn't have voted." You shouldn't have dissented. I, I would never do that, and I'm not going to say that today either. But he explains his reasons. He said, "I he says I dissented. Lowering the lowering would have been the appropriate course." He said at our winter institute last February that he thought the last 25 basis point increase was a mistake he did not vote against it against uh, holding the rate at the higher level um in the previous three meetings but now said i think we really should be lowering them now he said he says the core and per headline personal consumption expenditure inflation measures have desc- declined substantially since the end of last year in our running some forty to fifty basis points below the FOMC's two percent inflation target. Okay, if you go to if you go to um, Twitter right now and follow the hashtag poundkbrs, or if you're following me at Banyan Show, it's my Twitter handle at Banyan Show. Within the last five minutes, should have posted. I scheduled to post a uh, set of two graphs that you could look at that indicate the Fed Funds Rate vis-a-vis the Taylor Rule that is supposed to be a descriptor, not a predictor, but a descriptor of what the Fed is is uh, targeting. Now, there are two graphs there. And I want you to look only at the one that's on the right, or the second one. And you will see, although if you look at both of them, the Taylor Rule would tell you that from some level... The action in the financial markets in the last six to nine months probably would cause you to want a 25 to 50 basis point change. Indeed, uh, Minneapolis, President, Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari uh, posted on his Medium account and then was also posted to the Minneapolis Fed's page. Both of these are linked uh, through Twitter to you this morning. Both of the... Kashkari says the cut should be 50 basis points. Now, Kashkari's not a voting member of FOMC this year, but he wanted a 50 basis point cut. Bullard at 25% is, is not even the most, ex- most extreme position that you see out there, which is to say the following. Okay, I'm going to read, he, uh, I'll, let me read, read a little bit, I'll read a little bit more of Bullard after the break, but, but let, me, let me make my main point here now before we get to the bottom of the hour. The discussion about whether the Fed is too high or too low or just right is a function of, of three things. And the Taylor rule tells you these three things. First, it's the growth rate of the economy, which currently is growing at about, you know, we had a 3.1, and maybe a revision that will come out this coming week will take us back to a 3.2% growth rate in the first quarter of of twenty uh, of 2019. The second quarter numbers, the estimates are currently coming in at 2%. Okay, that's not a reduction. I mean, that's not, a, you know, a, that's not a, a recession. And indeed, by many of the measures that people are using for the growth of potential GDP, a 2% GDP growth rate would be normal. It would be normal. For you to say that that the economy is slow or that somehow the economy needs a kick is to say that there is some gap between where we are now and where we could be, or what we sometimes will capture in economics as potential GDP. Is, is there. that's that's one item. The second item is the thing that Bullard just talked about, which is which is the inflation gap. If you're targeting two percent and you actually want to be at one and a half, and you're currently at one and a half percent. At some point, you need to cut the Fed funds rate to demonstrate that you really mean to get back to 2%. Now, on this show, I have said in the past, I don't particularly understand why 2%. I, I don't think of 2% as not 1.9, not 2.1, but 2 I think of it as being a guidepost around which you have, you have a channel. You have a range of rates that you would consider to be acceptable. But if there is a bias that you always overreact when it gets to 2.2 or 2.3, but you don't react when it gets to 1.7 or 1.8, that point Kashkari and Bullard are correct about. I, I would agree with that. That's the second point. But the third point, the third item in the calculation of what should be the Fed funds rate is what do you think the real rate of, of interest should be? What should these bond, What should a safe investment return to you after inflation? We have constantly used 2%, but right now we are saying it should be closer to something like to one5 or maybe even less than 1.5%. I do not accept this as the reason why we should be cutting interest rates now, and I'll explain to you more why that is right after this. This is the King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
9: We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 one one to 88988. Eight
5: There is nothing that they won't do to get you the help you need to become a successful student at Online Trading Academy. My name is Brian. I've been with Online Trading Academy since November 2016. What OTA has done for me, they've really opened my eyes into how the financial markets work, and how a financial advisor, how do mutual funds work, and how do they make money. And what the expense is to me for them giving me their advice teaching me that i can be in control of that is really helping me save the expense that they had been taking out of my portfolio the only criteria that you need is the internal desire to want to become a trader and take financial control of your life join us for a free investing class by calling pound 250 on your cell phone and use the keyword OTA or go to learn with ota.com American, American
0: pressure.
7: Do you have a pressure washer in your shop that takes diesel fuel or kerosene? Are you tired of filling that tank every day? A stationary pressure washer that heats the water with natural gas or electricity from American Pressure is a great solution. Call us to discover all the ways a new stationary machine could benefit your business. We are always glad to come out to you, look at your current setup, and make recommendations. That new stationary unit will hook up to your existing natural gas line, which will save you both the cost of fuel as well as the time and effort and mess of refueling a pressure washer. The pressure washer will exhaust through the roof of your building or out the sidewall, and if it's an all-electric unit, there will be no exhaust stack at all. In addition, we've got all the right accessories to go with your machine, including trolley systems, hose reels, wands, trigger guns, and everything you need to make the cleaning job as easy and safe as it can be. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. I like that. Andrew, send me a link to that song later, please. I like that one. Uh, 651-289-4477, the number to call on business, 1440. King Banyan Show here. We're running through what happened at the Fed the last week and the fact that markets jumped, although they, they backed off a little bit later but thanks to... Um, to uh, the potential crisis in Iran, rise in oil prices, gold going up over fourteen hundred dollars at least for a little bit. That's what happens when you have crises over there, and uh, and, and uh, the fact that uh, things got seemed to be running on a different fuse. I mean, I'm just looking at the uh, uh, I'm looking at uh, the headlines in uh, the Wall Street Journal this uh, this morning. Trump's Iran move eases tensions. The interest in sparing lives expressed by both sides spurs hope for a diplomatic solution. Well, markets love that stuff, so that's that's probably explaining the action on the markets in the last in the last 48 hours. Um, as much, but along with that, there's happiness because the Fed is pretty well signaled and seems to be pulled in the direction of uh, of uh, Feeling vindicated and validated by Fed action on Wednesday, uh, not and then add to that the signals coming from two presidents. And this is interesting. It's not. It's it's not the Board of Governors who are appointed directly by the uh, by the uh, by the uh, Fed that they are in fact. Um, uh, excuse me, by the president. But these are these are although approved by the by the Board of Governors, Fed presidents are technically chosen by the by the owners of the Fed which are the commercial banks in the district that they come from and so they have different characteristics and and both uh, President Bullard and President Kashkari came out and said we think the Fed should have cut now uh, President Bullard by 25 basis points and said so within the FOMC statement where he was the one dissenting vote President Kashkari not not a voter uh, on this year's FOMC, but attends all the meetings and shortly afterwards published a uh, a statement on both his medium uh, account and on the on the pages of the of the uh, Minneapolis Federal Reserve that say basically that said basically you sh- we want to have uh, a fifty basis point cut. So let me go back and read those uh, read those to you again. Um. Uh, read those to you again. Market-based measures of expecta- of inflation. This is Bullard. Uh, market-based measures of inflation expectations have weakened considerably, indicating an expected inflation rate substantially below the committee's target. The forces that are keeping inflation below target seem unlikely to be solely transitory. While the unemployment rate is low by historical standards, there is little evidence that low unemployment poses a significant inflation risk in the current environment. So in those two sentences President Bullard says two two things that are important. First of all, the second sentence says basically look, low unemployment doesn't mean we're going to get high inflation in the future. There, okay, which which um, I'll translate that. President Bullard does not believe does not believe that the Phillips curve is a reliable relationship to make policy on. That doesn't mean he doesn't believe in the Phillips curve whatsoever. I have never qu- quizzed him on that particular point but my my suspicion is he's he's probably he's probably a a Phillips curve skeptic. Um he he but second the second point he makes is that that the fed statement that inflation changes that these inflationary numbers below 2% are transitory Based on lower lower oil prices, lower uh, uh, you know a a rising value of the dollar that's helping to make uh, make imported goods cheaper in the United States, all those things those are not likely to be transitory. They're likely to be there for a while, and so and so he's arguing that we should really be making a move toward back toward two percent. He also says that he believes that uh, I won't read it verbatim, but the economic growth is is slower than he thinks it it, it should be and that it's more uncertainty. Let me read this last last bit. In light of these developments, quote, I believe that lowering the target range for the Fed funds rate at this time would provide insurance against further declines in expected inflation and a slowing economy subject to elevated downside risks. Now, I could have gone out. I didn't have time yesterday because I was planning to take some vacation and ended up having to, having to work well into the evening. Um... I was thinking about about getting some of these clips where I could have just strung around like five or six different people saying saying this word "insurance" over and over again. This is the language of Wall Street arguing and telling the Fed, "No, you need to cut rates. We need insurance against what's happening in what's happening with uh, trade. What's happening." with um europe what's happening with you name it okay they want an insurance cut they want to they want you to drop the fed funds rate to throw a little extra juice in this is the this reminds me i go i go sit many sunday nights i sit with friends we sit around a campfire and a fire ring in somebody's backyard and we and we solve the world's problems over um over um a a cigar and uh, an adult beverage. Uh, This is, this is when we're, when we're at one house, there's this one person who always is like the fire looks like it's dying. I think I better do something to make sure that fire keeps roaring along. And so he keeps a can of lighter fluid by him. You know, you, you probably all know somebody like this, right? Every time the fire looks like it's gone down to a small flame from a large flame, that person is jetting some more fuel on there to make it just blaze again, burning off more fuel. Okay, that seems to be what the—that's the idea of the insurance cut. I am not. Uh, if there's one thing I would criticize President Bullitt for, I would not have used the word insurance in my in in this in this statement that he made, because I would not want to fuel. Get my pun. I would not want to fuel market participants to sort of keep asking for more and more. It strikes me that they're getting addicted, <laughs> right? They want they want more and more of this and this and and, and it strikes me that, that President Bullard's actions by referring to insurance is encouraging them to ask for more insurance. Okay. Um he, he he says, even if a sharper-than-expected slowdown does not materialize, a rate cut would help promote a more ra- rapid return of inflation and inflation expectations to target. And this is the other half of my debate is, please tell me why 2% is more important than one5 and And their, the response that Bullard and Kashkari would make would be, if we have a target and we say it's a symmetric target, then you've got to run up up above 2% and you've got to react with the same amount of disdain as you do when you run a quarter to a half percent below 2%. We've never demonstrated that we're tolerant of 2 and a quarter percent inflation. So give us a chance to do that. Now I, rem- I remind them of this this quote from um and I'm not gonna remember which one it was, but it was a president of the Bundesbank, the uh, former West German central bank, which was well renowned for being very, very sensitive to inflation. And I, and I, I think it was Otto Pulled, but I'm not positive it was him. It may have been another, another chair of the Bundesbank who said, "Never flirt with inflation, because when you flirt with inflation, you end up marrying it, and divorce is very expensive." If we flirt with inflation, we may end up with a lot more than we than than we believe because we don't necessarily understand all the dynamics of it. Okay, Kashkari, um, uh, it, it, it it stated as well. This was on his post. This was on Medium uh, yesterday morning. Uh, it is a very long post. I do not have the ability or desire really to read you the whole thing. I'll just read you the first paragraph. In the Federal Open Market Committee meeting that concluded on Wednesday of this week, I advocated for a 50 basis point rate cut to 1.75 to 2% and a commitment not to raise interest and raise rates again until core inflation reaches our 2% target on a sustained basis. I believe an aggressive policy action such as this is required to re-anchor inflation expectations at our target. So, I I I take their point. I would say, I, I I again I give Kashkari the same question I give to Bullard. Why is it important that we have two percent and not one and three quarters or one and a half percent inflation? Particularly given that we don't even measure inflation altogether that well. There are multiple different measures. PCE inflation is the number they use, but many other measures, including those created by the Cleveland Federal Reserve, which is a trim mean inflation rate or a median CPI or something like that, are still running above 2%. Why this measure? Why are you hung up on this one measure? Their answer should be, that's the one we tell people to watch. Okay, okay. But you could tell them something different, right? You could tell them we're looking at a basket of different inflation measures, not just this one. You could do that, but they don't do that. They are, in fact, they are, in fact, focusing you on one and only one measure of inflation that may or may not be telling us really what's happening in the economy. I think that's a mistake. I think that's the that that what they should be doing instead is looking at a at a set of inflation measures have a have a have a board uh, you know a a, uh, a a dashboard that says these are the numbers that we 're going we're, we're looking at, and any one of them uh, going below two percent wouldn't in of itself be enough to get us to make monetary policy easier but if if a few of these started to move in that direction, maybe we'd use that do the same thing with the unemployment rate so that you could talk about labor market slack you could talk about the lack of uh, the declining labor force participation rate. If you had dashboards rather than these single numbers, which you're compelled to do by following a Taylor rule, that might make things a lot better than they are than they are here. Let's come back. I'm going to tell you one more thing about this. I don't believe the economy is as weak as these people do, and I'll tell you why right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440.
5: business 1440
0: is kycr golden valley this is what matters this is beyond x's and o's this is the difference mutual respect makes this is what character looks like this is what defines us in minnesota this is sportsmanship school sports it's not the outcome that matters most but the way the games are played This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association.
2: And cyberspace,
9: and I'm proud to be a member. And
5: I'm proud to serve the United
9: States. And I'm proud
5: to protect our country.
9: Proud to serve in the
1: U.S. Air Force Reserve.
3: AFReserve.com. Mitch Berg from the Northern Alliance, here for Kingdom Builders. You've heard them on this station. They say they're not great salesmen, just great roofers. But if you're a homeowner, you've heard the horror stories from your neighbors about roofers who were great salesmen, but terrible roofers, about contractors with no integrity. So my first call was to the roofers who make their integrity the center, not just of their business, but of their lives. That's the Kingdom Builders. And yeah, they are great roofers. I have a challenging roof. Third floor, lots of details, and it was last re-roofed when I was just out of high school. And yet... From the moment they showed up, I had the confidence. I wasn't just going to get a great roof. I wasn't going to get that heartburn you get when trying out a new contractor. So, yeah, they are great roofers and genuinely great people to work with. And I have the nicest looking roof on my block. So call 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or find them online at thekingdombuilders.net. Tell them Mitch Berg sent you, and he loves his new roof.
7: Hi, this is Theo Sandberg of Coldwell Banker Burnett. Selling your home doesn't have to be hard. In fact, I'm here to make it easy. The key to selling your home for top dollar is getting the right message in front of the right people. In fact, I'm so confident in my team's approach that if I sell your home for less than the price we agreed to, I'll pay the difference up to $5,000. I stand by that. If I sell your home for less, I'll pay the difference up to five grand. not you. Call today to learn more at 612-440-5000. Welcome back King Banyan show business 1440. Six, five, one, two, eight, nine, four, four, seven, seven, the number to call. Look, I, I am in, I, I am in great respect for both, both the presidents, uh, both presidents, uh, Kashkari and Bullard. Um, I think it's, I think it's, uh, bold of them to come out and say why they're doing what they're doing. I have appreciated, uh, what Chair Bernanke did in terms of making, uh, making monetary policy more transparent and that uh, these two presidents have embraced that and stated their reasons why they're doing what they're doing and putting them out into the public sphere um, is is good. Uh, I've, I've long thought that uh, the Fed needed more transparency, and uh, I think we're getting it uh, to a substantial extent. They're going to wrestle with this thing for a while to come. Where we might have some disagreements are on these two points. There are two fundamental numbers to do monetary policy right that you kind of have to have a handle on. One of them, one of them would be what is, the, what is the real interest rate? What is the rate of return on lending money to somebody to be paid back you, to you a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, that compensated for you inflation, and was riskless in terms of you being being given back your principal. What should that? What is that return look like? Nothing there. Rather than coming up with opinion, you can rely on economic theory to tell you something. And the and the point there being that real interest rates in a sustainable economy will be something below the growth rate of GDP. So if you of real GDP. So if you think real GDP growth is going to be 2% a year, barely, then it would make sense to me that rather than using a 2% real interest rate in your calculation, which would tell you then that the Fed funds rate should be around 35 to 4%, you'd want to use something a little bit less. So if you go back and find the tweet I had put up at pound KBRS with the two graphs demonstrating the Taylor rule versus where Fed funds rates are right now, if you use the 2% rule... The Fed funds rate's way too low, and the people that are arguing that the Fed shouldn't be cutting at all and that this is dumb and and so forth probably are thinking along the lines of an old-fashioned Taylor rule that assumes 2% 2 real rate of return on money. I suspect for the foreseeable future, we're going to be in a world where that real rate of return is going to be below 2%. I've had this discussion with people who do financial planning who used to say, well, what do I, what, kind of retur- what kind of inflation rate should I plan on in terms of making sure that the person whose financial plan I'm creating will provide them with enough income to live the way they're accustomed to living uh, in retirement? And the standard rule had been 4%. I need 4% at least to be able to stay caught up. Uh, to beat to beat inflation and to get some of the same gains that people who are still working are getting i don 't think the number should be four anymore, but it probably should be north of three, so that real return should probably be some in the area somewhere in the area of one to one and a half because i think I do think uh, potential GDP growth is likely to be in that two to two and a half range for the foreseeable future. Could we grow at three percent? Sure but in, in, but that would require changes in macro policy, changes in regulatory policy as well as stabilization policy that I don't foresee us having anytime soon. And in that in that in that place then I think the Fed is smart to think that the real rate of return on on like an inflation adjusted bond is probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of one and a quarter one and a half percent and that, that's what it should be making its judgments about the Fed funds rate based upon. If it does that, those graphs show you that the Fed that the Taylor rule gives you a Fed funds rate that it runs somewhere between two and a quarter to two and a half percent. I think the economy's running fairly well. I would not have voted for a rate cut at this time. But at the same point, I don't know that I'd vote for a rate increase anymore because what's happened in the last three to four months has softened where we are. The economy's not going to continue to grow at three, three and a half percent the way it did in the second half of 2018 and early 2019. There are, there's evidence abound. One of the tweets I put out to you was the, was the fact that uh, trucking shipments, freight shipments have been slowing for the last 12 months, particularly on trucks, but also intermodal, also on also on uh, on uh, naval or sea carriers um, they've all been they've all been slowing out over the last six months that's an indication of one of those one of those nice early indicators that the economy is in a, in, in slope is in a slower time largely thanks to manufacturing largely thanks to international trade the rest of the economy though is doing fairly well housing still doing doing nicely and in a in a post that i tweeted to you uh in the last uh 90 minutes or so scott Grannis at calafia beach pundit shows that that household balance sheets and household spending patterns are all doing marvelously well this is i do not see an inflation ha- i do not see a recession happening in the next six months i don't know now whether a recession happens in 2020 i'm i was more thinking that would happen two to three months ago i'm less in that place now than i was then I have longer-term concerns about the economy, but not shorter-term concerns. And for that reason, I th- I actually happen to think the Fed has it just about right right now. I like two and a half. I don't like two and a quarter. Two and three quarters probably isn't justified. Maybe you could cut it a quarter point, but but certainly not more than that. I don't think. You're, actually, I would be shocked if they don't cut by the quarter rate quarter point rate in the next reset, at the next meeting at the end of july but hopefully at that point they've done enough that they can go on pause and maybe go on pause for the next year and a half we'll be back after this you're listening to the king banging show on business 1440
1: Tina and her husband owed big money to the IRS.
8: We owed over $50,000.
1: They were frightened out of their wits.
8: Oh my gosh, it was horrible. I thought we were going to lose everything. I thought we are going to jail.
1: Then it happened. Tina found the expert help she and her husband so desperately needed.
8: He Guys we're awesome to work with. They stopped the IRS from putting liens on our homes and our cars, and they stopped them from freezing our bank accounts. They kept the IRS off our backs. We really can't thank them enough.
1: The team of professionals at Authority Tax Services helped Tina and her husband, and they can help you. Authority Tax Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau.
8: We saved a whole lot of money.
1: You too may qualify to get up to 85% or more off your tax liability or for other special programs, so take Tina's advice.
8: Anybody in trouble with the IRS, give them a call. These are the guys to help.
1: If you owe more than $10,000, call Authority Tax Services now at 800-773-7618. Call now for your free no-obligation consultation. 800-773-7618. 800-773-7618. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. The recent college bribery scandals have laid bare the moral and legal failings in our system, with wealthy American families allegedly gaming the system through manipulation, fake minority status, test cheating, and outright pay-for-admission bribery. As these scandals expand outward, a new book helps us see below-the-surface problem and down to the roots of the crisis. Forbes publisher Rich Karlgaard argues in Late Bloomers that we place far too much weight on early achievement, high SATs and getting into the, quote, right school, and far too little attention on the things that take longer to develop, such as self-control, compassion, ethics, and wisdom we should also bemoan the toxic system which sorts Americans into future ruling class and future ruled class somewhere around their late teens. Of course, when people cheat, they and not the system are to blame, and alleged cheaters should be vigorously prosecuted. But the system itself needs to be indicted too. I'm Jerry Boyer.
0: Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.